whatever your life looks like today. God wants to remind you to give him a chance, just a little bit of light back there. God wants to give you a chance to change your life, but to change your world. Not everybody in this room may go to Africa or Europe, Eastern Europe minister. You might. You might not. But you have a world. You have a world around you. You have school, jobs, family. You walk into stores and there's people everywhere. Some you know and some you avoid and some you run to and some are so beat down they close, they lower their eyes and they passion. We probably all past people in school that, that you went to school with years ago. And many times we just pass. Like two ships passing, right? Some of you may have been like I have in my life at times, so broken that you even see somebody down an aisle and you kind of go the other aisle because you just, not because you hate them, you just beat down. God says that you've seen something special here today. And all these people, adults, kids, and everything, you've seen a joy of something. You've seen something unique. God's saying, what if you could take that plant that somewhere in here and change your world? What if? What if I'm right? What if all this really is real? What if 2,000 years ago that really did happen? Because I know it did. So I want to I read a real quick scripture from Christmas, Christmas time, and I want to just say a word or two real quick, not long, and then I want the kids to come back and do this last drama. I'm going to read from the Gospel of Luke 1. Luke 1 in the Passion Translation. Luke 1, and I'm going to start at verse 26 in the Passion. And I'm going to try to read it from the book. If, if somebody, if they do get it up there, I didn't give them any, any notice. So, During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. By the way, let me stop. Yeah, thank you. You're able, you can stand for the reading of the Word. I think that's a great thing. We stand for the National Anthem and a lot of other things. If you can't stand, that's okay. Elizabeth, by the way, was uh, John the Baptist's mother. The angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence. Yes. The angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. By the way, Nazareth means branch. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and you are anointed with great favor. We pause. God's Word not only applies to Mary 2,000 years ago, but it applies to you and me today. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. You know how I know? Emmanuel means God with us. And ever since 2,000 years ago, when a baby up screamed, 
God has been with us on this planet. God is with you. And that changes everything. The devil wants you to think you're alone, but you're not alone. We're going back to the scripture. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this might mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. Pause. A lot of fear in the room probably, right? If we're honest, anybody here have fear in your life, in your heart? Anybody have anxiety, fear? The devil wants you to look at fear. But the Lord is reminding you today, don't yield to your fear. God has found a light in you. Mary, the Lord has found a light in you and chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. Back to the scripture. You will become pregnant with a baby boy. And you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme. And he will be known as the son of the highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne. He will reign as king of Israel forever. And his reign will have no limit. Mary said, but how can this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you. And the Almighty God will spread His shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. And this is why the child born to you will be holy and He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your aged Aunt Elizabeth has become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Pause. Some of you in this room, the devil's told you you're barren. He's told you you can't produce anymore. He's told you your best days are past. He's told you you're dried up. He's told you your, your day is gone. He's told you that's for somebody else. But the Lord says you are full of something and He's going to use you to bring forth life that you are not done. You are not barren. You are not dead. You are not dried up if you have a heartbeat. God wants to use you today. Back to the scripture. Not one promise from God is empty of power. For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary responded saying, this is amazing. I will be the mother for the Lord. As His servant, listen to this, I accept whatever He has for me. May everything you told me come to pass. And the angel left her. You may have seen it. I want you to focus on her response. We're going to come back to that in a minute. In the King James or some of the translations, it says, Be unto me according to thy word. But what it just said in the, in the Passion was, 
Whatever he has for me, let it be. Whatever, whatever God has, let it be. So I want to talk just real quickly about Christmas and about what Christmas means to us. And you know, theologically, we make Christmas is a big deal in this country for a lot of reasons. Family. How many, how many when you think of Christmas, some of you think of family? We think of Jesus, but a lot of times we think of family. A lot of people think of Santa Claus. A lot of, a lot of people uh, think of... Uh, and by the way, Steve, I, I, I heard Will Crowder had some song about an elf. I have no idea what that means, but I heard that on the radio the other day. I don't know. That's wild. But anyway, it's going on, whatever. <laughs> but, but a lot of people think different things. You think of family memories, and you think of Christmas trees. Nothing wrong with any of that, but... You know, theologically, theologically, Easter seems to be, a, uh, in a way, a bigger deal because at Christmas time we have a baby born, but there was no uh, uh, payment of sins. There was no new covenant. There was no grace bestowed. The, 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 there was no defeating death, hell, and the grave. Uh, the, 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 there was no cross. Uh, I mean, so in one sense, theologically, it would seem, why is Christmas so important? Because it seemed like everything that changed, the world came later. So we could ask ourselves, well, what is Christmas about? And, and when you see these dramas and you see these kids and you see these adults, and I, I think what's important about Christmas is understand this. We don't always see the end of things. Or we never see the end of things in the beginning. Beginnings look small. And in that, we can miss the power and significance of it. Christmas is about something called hope. It's about the birth of hope. And hope is a very dangerous thing. Hope is a very amazing thing. Hope will cause you to drive to the finish line. Hope will get you up when you don't want to get up. Hope will get you through the night when you can't stop crying or, or hyperventilating. Hope will cause you to live another day. Hope will cause you to hit another gear. Hope will cause you to push through pain. Hope will cause you to push through doubt. Hope will cause you to push through fear. The birth of hope is a very dangerous thing and it's a very powerful thing. Because if you want your life to change, you have to start with hope. So when I think Christmas, I think of hope and I think of the birth of hope. Emmanuel, God is with us from that moment on. From the time the baby cried, the world became split in two about what we would do with Jesus. I saw the hope of these kids up here. Your kids. I saw hope. I was thinking, you know, when I was a kid, and not everybody has great, I mean, everybody has probably some memories that are good, but sometimes our life, it's not perfect. My dad's life certainly wasn't perfect. He's got a lot of great family memories, and he's got a lot of hard stuff he's got to process. But I, but I see these kids up here, and I think they really do believe what we're singing about. And they're excited to get up here and share it with you. Don't miss that. If you've got a kiddo or a grandkid or a nephew or a niece or a buddy or anybody else up here, adult or kid, you give them the biggest hug and say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you because they were so excited 
They were so excited. Those, those adults, man, they were sold out up here. They were, they were giving everything they had and it blessed my soul to see that level of commitment to what the passion that they had down inside as they ministered to us was amazing. But I could see the hope on this stage. They weren't worried about who's, what bill we can pay. They weren't worried about who's going to get sick tomorrow. In that moment, they had hope. And they bought into it. And so, I, I, I think that's just an important thing. But here's what I want you to pay attention to. And when Jesus came on earth, He came in a very dark time. And I want you to pay attention to this. It's always darkest before the dawn, they say. When Jesus came on this earth, it was not a time that seemed to be a hopeful time. And I think we need to understand that you said, what's that got to do with me? It has everything to do with you. Because sometimes we miss our hope because we're in darkness. Sometimes we're in a tough time and we miss hope. Because we say, I can't see hope because all I see is the darkness around us. But God says, look at the small slither of light. Don't lose your hope. Because it is darkness before dawn. So, when Jesus came to this planet, understand, for 400 years, nobody had heard from God. Now, I'm not saying nobody had had a personal revelation from God, but I'm saying we call that theologically the silent era because for 400 years there is no scripture. You got the Bible, it ends in the Old Testament, and you got 400 years of silence. How many feels alone sometimes? How about 400 years of alone? Sometimes we can get in a situation in our life if we're honest, we're, and I know God's still there, it's on us, but sometimes we feel like we can't hear from God. Sometimes we feel like we don't know what to do if we're honest with ourselves. For 400 years it was quiet. And not only was it quiet, but God's people were enslaved. They were occupied. The Romans had come, they had, they had made them their slaves. They took their money, they took their women, they took the best of their assets, they made them work, they abused them, they weren't free. So God's people weren't free, and they weren't hearing from God. It was dark. And not only that, but the church, the temple, had become sold out to Rome. They weren't, they were more concerned about being in bed with the politicians that they were concerned about the word of God. They weren't ministering to God's people. They were just, they were shiny temples worried about their own self, but they weren't worried about God's people. It was a dark time. But there were a few radical, crazy, made fun of, ostracized by the church who went out in the wilderness. And they still talked about hope. And they still talked about a Messiah. They still talked about freedom coming. And so, in the middle of all that, a baby is born in the middle of the darkness. 
One thing the enemy wants you to do is miss your hope today because he wants you to see how dark it is. He wants you to see your problem today. I guarantee you right now you've got problems going through your head. Some of you. I guarantee you sometimes right now, some of us, we have issues we're trying to work out in our head because the enemy wants you to look at anything right now but the light. He wants you to see the darkness. He wants you to see your problems. He wants you to see anything but listen to a big crazy tall guy up here. Because he's scared what happens if you really get a hold of that hope. He wants you to stay where you are in the darkness. So number one, we can't let this Christmas, the darkness, distract us from the power of your hope. Jesus is your hope this morning. And no matter what you're going through today, I'm here to tell you that this is a word for you. Psalm 35. Psalm 30 and 5. Weeping may endure for the night. suck you in. The light and the dark they meet, but the dark can't even perceive it. Don't let the darkness win in your life because I'm here to tell you on the authority of the Word of God, it's not me so I'm just trying to make you feel good. Mr. Rogers, Jack Candy, some kind of philosopher, Tony Robbins, pat you on the tail and say, have a good day, let me make you feel better. I'm here to tell you that your joy is coming, that your love is coming, that your life is coming, that your best days are coming.
distracted by the darkness. Tell you something else not to be distracted by. Almost over. Kiddos getting ready about five minutes. Sometimes because hope is small in the beginning. The beginning sometimes looks small. We miss it. Say, must not be no big deal. Must not be no big deal. What big what big deal does that make? If I if I if I go to a church or I if I were to kneel and say some kind of private prayer to a God I can't see, what difference would that make in my life? Because it looks small. It looks like a small thing. doesn't say the whole town came to watch and lights shone all around the thing and they came and they all started singing Christmas carols. That I think that's a Lifetime movie or a Disney movie and probably a good movie and I like Christmas movies and It's a Wonderful Life is still a great movie and if you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life don't let black and white film fool you it's a great movie Theologically, it's a little off, but it's alright. It's a great movie. But it wasn't like that when Jesus was born. It was a manger. It was not even a place where a baby should be born. It was low-key. Now, some shepherds, they got no real rock. They showed up and had a good little time. But for the rest of the time, the best I can tell from the Word of God, it was pretty quiet. Pretty low-key. I don't think many governors came. I don't think many uh, dignitaries. We did have later on some wise men come. That's another story, another time. But they didn't, you know, you didn't really have a big blown up event. It was just a little baby. Why are we still talking about this? Because hope grew. Because hope got planted. And it grew. What the devil don't want you to do is take this little bit of hope. Just a little bit. Graham, I didn't know what Graham was going to do. Graham came here and spoke about faith the size of a mustard seed. If you have hope, a godly hope, the size of a mustard seed, and you put that in your heart, you plant it down, it's going to grow. And it's going to grow. And it's going to grow. The devil don't want you to see that. He wants to say it's a little thing. What's a prayer do? Oh, it's just a cute little thing the kids are doing. It's just a cute little thing. You know what happened when Jesus was born? The greatest revolution to ever rock the planet. You get that? The world was never the same. The world is never. We're still talking about it. We're still dealing with it. We're still celebrating it. It's changing lives every day. Miracles happen around us. We see it here every Sunday. We see blind eyes open literally. We see literal dead people get up. We see salvation. We see restorations. We see hope. Revolution occurred at Christmas. But it looks small. Let me prove you right. Watch this. This is pretty cool. 
How many people has God healed of cancer in this room? Stand up real quick. Hurry. or mental health issues that you don't care to stand up and say yeah. How many of you been, and don't stand up if you're still, if you're in process, that's okay, but if you really have been delivered from addiction, any kind of addiction, stand up. God gave you your hope back. God gave you your life back. Now why don't they play the OWCYB? Because the news, they don't put that news out there. I don't just get here and say stuff that I don't see every Sunday. See, when I see people cured of cancer, they can't even, when they say you can, we can't even operate. There's too much cancer. Just We can't even touch her. And God says, but God, I'm sure. Yeah. See, I see this stuff every day. So when you say it's just a little thing, it's just a little baby, it's just a little holiday, it's just a little cute program of kids going, uh, uh, it's just little and small. I say, wait till it grows up and you will see the world change. say it's too dark but he wants you to miss it and say it's too small what would hope different what would difference would hope make in your life Mary I'm finished say this I started the scripture the important thing is what we do with the hope and that was why I showed you that video and that's why Holy Spirit had me Read you that story. They're 30 years apart. But it's the same question. Yes. Question is, Peter? Mary? Yes. I know you got plans. But I want to radically change your life. See, that first Christmas in that manger, and I can say this because the Word of God doesn't tell me different. How many people walk by that manger busy in their life? 
They didn't pay attention. And their life didn't get changed. Hope was there. Revolution was there. And for the first time in on earth, physically, God was there. Yet people went all around it and missed it. I, I, I see that all the time. I've seen it up at altars. I've seen ears. We've seen ears restored. We've seen eyes restored. Literally, I'm not making this stuff. That's why I want you all to see people stand up. I'm not making this. I see it. Yes. Be greater to have faith without seeing it. So what's my excuse? Because I see it all the time. And I see all this powerful stuff. And people, some people get it and capture it. And wow, it radically changes the world. It makes everything possible. Once you see, once you see that all is possible with God, it changes the way you look at every problem. Understand what I'm saying. Once you really get on to the fact. That everything is impossible. As the Word of God says, nothing is impossible with God. If you truly grasp that, that changes the way you look at every problem in your life. Whether you think it has anything to do with God or not. But people walk around hope all the time. They don't plant it in here. And it doesn't change your life. What you do with this message, meaning Christmas, meaning what you saw up here, meaning this scripture, meaning this video, meaning of whatever I can say in the next two minutes, what you do with that will determine a lot in your life. Jesus told Peter, Peter said, what are we going to do? First of all, Jesus said, I'm going to give you a new life. You don't have to answer this right now. This is private. This is between you and God. How many of you can really use a new life? You don't have to do this. I'm just doing it. <laughs> you can really use news. Be awesome sometimes. Jesus is saying, I want to give you that. And then Peter says, What are we going to do? <laughs> and I love that movie. I love that. Thank you, Mark Burnett, for that. I have to give credit so I won't get in trouble. Nazareth once a year and, and you know 
All I want to do is go to Dollywood once a year and the beach once a year and, 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 and have a car and, and, a, and a good looking husband or wife and, 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 and you know, whatever your dreams are. Nothing wrong with dreams, but Mary had her dreams. And God said, Are you willing to let me change it and flip it up? Got good news, Mary. You'll bear God's power and presence. And you'll see the world change around you. But all that other stuff you've been planning your whole life, you might have to give it up. Jesus, and he's been here. 
But the question is, what will you and I do with it? Will we be like Mary and Peter and say, let's go, let's change the world? Or will we just miss it? Like the people who walked by the little manger and failed to see the significance of it. Maybe it's, it may look like a small thing this morning, what we're doing here. But I'm telling you, if you get a hold of this thing, it will spread like wildfire through the families of this community. It will spread on the streets. It will spread in the drug clinics. It will spread in the hospitals. It will spread in the schoolyards. It will spread in the workplaces. It will change this place, right? Yes. So with no one looking around, I want to ask you this question. Could you say right now tonight, today, that I want more of this Jesus. I want Jesus in my life and I want to follow Him like I've never followed Him. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. I see your hands. I want to ask you this question. If you've struggled some lately, it's okay. We all do. This earth is a tough place. It's hard sometimes. People spit you out when they can chew you up when they can, kick you when you're down. That's life. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus says, the best is yet to come. If, you could, if you're in this room and you could use fresh hope this morning, you need some more hope like that old Sandy movie where the, 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 the Christmas joy was down and they needed to get the Christmas joy up on the speedometer. If you need more hope this morning, would you raise your hand? God's going to honor that this morning. God's going to honor you this morning. God's going to give you what you ask for. And I, I want to say this too. If you're in this room and just like Peter on that boat, and just like Mary, that little girl, if the idea, maybe somewhere in your, not in your darkness, somewhere in your night, you know there might be something more. You know there's something more for you. Maybe, maybe you're not sure of what it looks like and maybe, and maybe the, the world's beating out of you to a degree. But you know there's something more. And you would absolutely love for God to give you that new life. And I want to ask you to raise your hand one more time I'm all over the room if that's you. I see your hands. I see your hands. That is so awesome. That means people are buying into hope. And here's what I'm going to have you do real quick. And this is where the devil starts working. You're really feeling this right now. The Holy Spirit's really moving in people's lives. I know that. But this next step is the one the devil don't like because that's where it is when Mary says, be unto me according to your word. When Mary says, whatever you want, God, I'm yours. That's the next step. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three in just a minute. And everybody in this room will stand. And those that raise their hand or those that don't, if you want that in your life, it's a small thing. Oh, but... Look what starts as a small thing. Then I'm going to ask you just to come up around this altar. Nobody will mess with you. And you can stand or you can kneel and you can pray. And you say, God, I want that new life. And I want more hope. And I want to follow you. And I'm all and I'm willing to give it a try, whatever it looks like. And it's going to take some courage, but it's just going to be between you and God. So Every head still bowed, and every hand that was up, and if God's speaking to you right now, put it up again. Put all your hands up to have them up. Put all your hands up to have them up. Don't you let the devil talk you out of it. You can't get tired of switching Don't you talk let him talk you out of it. Some of you guys let you raise your hand the first time, and now you hear, uh oh, I gotta do something. Don't you let the devil talk you out of it. 
I'm going to count to three. And we're going to stand. And I want you to come to this altar and you and God just have your time. And if somebody's in your way, because these aisles are, you know, just say excuse me. They'll get out of the way. Just say excuse me. They'll get out of the way. Are you ready? Hands up high. Ooh, God say, who wants a new world? Who wants a new life? One. Two. Three. Everybody stand. Come on. Come on. Come on. Just move. Just move. You had your hand up. Move. Just right up here. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. It's not hard. It's just you and God. 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 There's plenty of room at this altar. Just you and God. Just move forward. Just move forward. I do need some. I do need some prayer warriors. Just you and God. Keep coming. Keep coming. God is depositing hope this morning. God is changing life this morning. Some of you, some of you raised your hands when I said, Do you want to follow Jesus? Somebody needs to pray with each person and find out who needs to give their heart to Jesus this morning.